Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, I am Lee Campbell. And I am Tegan Natoli. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. Tegan, is it school holidays in a minute? Today is the first day of school holidays for New South Wales anyway. It's different in different states. Yeah. You wait. This is all coming up for you. I'm scared. Like you've got one more year of daycare, but then school starts. Well, actually, no. I've switched Alexander to a preschool for next year, but I don't even know the times. I don't even know if they do school holidays. Oh, you'd probably want to look into that. Whoopsies. So what are you going to do? Well, look, there's an array of things. The girls do like to do a couple of days of vacation care, which is always great. It's lots of fun. They still get to see their friends. But also it's a nice chance for them to see, like, my mother-in-law and Mm. go have a sleepover because, really, we don't get to see them other than the occasional weekend. So just the old catch-up. We might have some special mummy-daughter days, which is good. you should go get your nails done and do, like, Plaster Fun House. That's all I can think of. (laughs) Anyway, we are not talking about school holidays, but every parent embarking on school holidays, good luck. Uh, Today. We've got a lot of questions sent to us by the messes listening, so we thought we'd do another Ask Us Anything episode. Later, we'll be chatting about things like how to handle night feeding with your baby, oh, remember that, tackling the (laughs) mysteries of newborn witching hour, and sharing some clever tips to get your little ones excited about brushing their teeth. So let's jump into the first question. Do you have any tips on where to find the best information about schools in your area? Something more than just looking at school websites. Yeah, this is a great question Mm. because I felt like this when the twins were starting. I didn't grow up in the area that Mm. we live in, so I didn't know anything about schools. I must say, because we just moved to a new area before the twins started and we knew we wanted them to go to a public school, I had my preconceived ideas about the schools in that area and I truly don't even know what they were based on. Mm. I just assumed I knew, oh, that school's good or that school's good. But the best information I got was from the neighbours. Mm. We ended up changing where oh, the girls so were going to school. Oh, so is there two in your catchment? Yeah. Well, I was right on the border of two schools. Ah. And the one I thought I was going to send them to, after moving into our house, all of our neighbours said, this school is fantastic. And so we ended up changing them. So I must say... Talk to your friends, talk Mm. to the people in your area and your neighbourhood and just get some insight on the pros and cons of the local schools or the ones you're interested in. Yeah. For us, we're in a very highly dense area and so you only can go to the school in your catchment. So it's decided for you. But it was interesting when we were searching for a new home, you could actually on domain.com and real estate, you can search areas for a school catchment. So like one street over in the exact same suburb will be a different public school. school. And Alexander will go to public school as well. And you can always do out-of-area enrolments. You can't in our suburb. You can't because they're all so, so full. So I've had friends that have fudged their address by using a friend's address to get to send their kids to a certain school. But, you know, when it comes to private school, I have no experience, but friends have put their kids down for private schools that they've wanted to go to literally when the babies are fetus. Mine are down for high school since birth. And see, how do you know? Well, you just, a lot of people do a lot of 
schools. Like so when the twins are born, I put them down at a number of different That's high schools. Expensive. And it is because you have to pay like $200 or $500 just to put them down as an enrollment, yeah. which you may or may not use later. In 12 years' time. Exactly. I'm not thinking about that yet because it's too hard because <laughs> also I think I want him to go to co-ed but then, you know. You know, that's limited in our area. Yeah, yeah. and some parenting There's experts a lot to say think that about. for boys single sex is really important. So for me I'm putting my head in the sand for that but yeah. he's just going to the local public school. Yeah, chat to your neighbours is my advice. All right, looking for some advice on how you've approached nighttime weaning. Well, I'm assuming feeding. Yeah, so, I mean, sorry to speak on your behalf, Teagues, but we both didn't have a great breastfeeding journey. So a lot of our kids, a lot of the four kids were on bottles, but you still have to wean a bottle. Correct. For us, it happened relatively naturally at about six months when Alexander was getting decent into solids and we were adding protein. So when we started food, avocado and stuff, and then mostly purees, but I don't think they filled him up enough. When we added protein into his diet, he just sort of slept through the night without needing or waking for that bottle. Although sometimes at 5am, I would still just give him a formula bottle just so he'd go back to sleep for another hour. But we also were very pro dummies, which we tackled then later to get rid of. But I put like seven dummies in his cot so that if it fell out of his mouth, he would just pop it back in. So that's sort of how we got through it. You know, and everyone has a different approach to like sleep training and stuff like that. But I remember I followed What Baby and I remember the the dream feed being very detrimental to how like the rest of the nights and the feeds would go. Oh. So I know Jem would say even if they're not waking for a dream feed, like you want to try and get that dream feed Oh, in. so she's pro-dream feed. Yes, yeah, we do the dream feed that's too. what feeds them up to get them across the line for the rest yeah. of the night. So, so like 10 or 11. She, yeah, even if they're asleep, you've got to be kind of a little bit persistent with yes. that dream feed. And then the other thing was if you're not really quite ready <laughs> to take on the resettling and going cold turkey with cutting out the nighttime feeding is just reducing it. Mm. So instead of 120, you might just give them a little 60 mm. mils and then eventually lower that and lower yeah. that till eventually they're That's obviously they're the okay. bottle fed though. I don't know how people with nipples that are feeding their children because oh like don't gosh. they just smell And a lot it? of it is for comfort. Mm. So, yep, it's a tough slog. We can't help with that. Our <laughs> nipples were not good. <laughs> How do you deal with newborn witching hour? Oh, wow, you had two newborns at once. Oh, God, I can barely remember it, to be honest with you. The trauma is blocked. I remember when it got to around lunchtime, I'd be like, oh, no, it's nearly the afternoon, and you'd sort of dread that four till seven. Mm. And For me, I think the thought of it was worse than the reality. I just never really planned anything in the afternoon if I was through the first six weeks and then I'd go out and about for something. I would try and do that like in the morning, mid-morning and be home and like there was no magic bullet. I can remember that in those early days, like we're talking newborn here, so bath time is like Mm. not just bath time, it's an activity and it's calming for you, it's calming for the baby. Hopefully your baby likes a bath. I know mine loved it. And I remember, again, going back to what baby with Jen, she was always saying, don't miss the 7 o'clock sleep train. So if you are doing that nighttime, whether it's a breastfeed, obviously they're newborn so they're not on food or having dinner. (laughs) So, you know, that feed and that bath Mm. and in a bottle or whatever it is before bed, get them down and settled by 7 yeah. o'clock. Um, Alexander loved the bath too, I must say. We had like one of those little bath seats and then because he was a winter baby, I used to just put like a wet washer, warm yeah. washer across his chest and I he loved like it. I feel like it's very calming. So Don't it, they it, say water like tears so like don't just say oh I'm not going to wash baby tonight because I washed them two nights ago or last night or whatever mm. like because part of it can be very good at getting them relaxed and unwind ready for bedtime so just throw them in the bath <laughs> <laughs> but support them <laughs> 
My daughter is three and has just started to refuse to brush her teeth. What strategies do you have when your kids say no? Mm, We're on and off with this. I mean, Mm. I've mentioned many times on this show that my husband's teeth obsessed. So he's very diligent. When he goes away, I'm not as good. But we do, you know, we still do it. I got Alexander involved. He's got a little electric toothbrush that's got buzz on it or something and whatever toothpaste he's meant to have, but it's flavoured, but it's still got fluoride in it. Look, some days he doesn't want to. We try and make a game of it. I've had a song on my phone that's Mm. like a teeth brushing song. Yeah. I remember the dentist gave my kids an hourglass thing. Oh, yeah, a a timer. timer. Because, you know, you're meant to time it for this. So that kind of makes it like they've all got their little timers and I'll be like, you've got to brush your teeth for the whole time. And that almost distracts them from the fact that they're actually brushing their teeth. And, look, I'm not saying this is the way to do it, but I wonder with siblings like yours if you say, like, who's doing it the best? Or, like, make it a competition. (laughs) Who's got the cleanest teeth? You win a cup of juice and a cookie to make them all dirty again. (laughs) And for us, look, I'm not saying also that this is the way to go, but Alexander's Moana obsessed. And you know the crab, the shiny crab that's got really brown spots on his teeth? So Rich always says, if you don't clean your teeth, you'll be Tamatoa. And Alexander's like, no, I don't want to be Tamatoa because he's terrified of him. Well, at least Banjo's scared now because he had to have that operation Mm. because his neglectful mother didn't take him to the dentist until he was four. I'm like, you don't want to have another operation. So that kind of scares him into looking after his teeth a bit more now. Brilliant. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. About to take my eight-week-old son on an overseas trip. I've read lots of tips for the flight, but now I'm focused on airport logistics. Things like how do we take a pram and a bus in it? Oh, my gosh. Good on you because if I had my time again, I would have taken all my newborns travelling way more Mm -hmm. because that's the time to do it when they're little freshies. Yeah, I agree. In terms of prams and bassinets, you really need to research with that particular airline because I know I've had situations when the twins were one and Banjo was a newborn and we were stranded because a certain airline wouldn't allow me to take, even though it was a carry-on pram, Mm. onto the plane because I didn't have a cover for it. it, We also have to be covered. It depends what airline you're with. Mm. So with some airlines, no problem. So just look into whatever airline Mm. you're flying with and their things in regards to taking extra stuff on planes and things like that because even if you hire a pram or whatever, having the ones that can go to the gate and honours carry on are really helpful. Yeah, that's what we did because Rich's family's in Melbourne. We were travelling with Alexander domestically from newborn and then we took him overseas when he was a baby. But we used the yo-yo, which is one of the smallest travel prams, and we had the bassinet fixture before we turned it into a proper pram yeah and that was really great i bought like the extra bag like the carry bag that turns it into a backpack off amazon and that was great because i would take the carrier and maybe he'd be asleep on me although going through security and you've got to get a sleeping baby out of the carrier because you're not allowed to walk through that's so frustrating yeah but generally they're pretty good with parents like you know he was formula fed so we were allowed to take sterilized like as many sterilized bottles as you need and formula Bassinet's interesting. I don't yeah. think I took a bassinet. Blast from the past. I actually worked for Virgin Airlines as a chicken chick for three whole months, guys. Um, <laughs> they are my favourite airline. But most airlines are very good when it comes to if you've got additional car seats or mm. 
prams and and pram parts and stuff like Mm. that they're usually very good with them and they take care of them and so if you've got like a normal pram with the big bassinet Mm. that you just check them into oversize yeah and they do take pretty good care of. and i know in terms of actually traveling and like say nighttime sleeping once you're away some prams obviously you need to look into it you can use them as a nighttime oh sleep like, thingy bassinet. Oh. So I know the particular pram I used to have with the twins when they were younger. It was a double pram. You could use that bassinet component of the pram to sleep actually as yeah a sleep nighttime oh, bassinet. We had some sort of travel cot that was good. I can't remember the brand. It was like Tom and Jerry or something, but it was great and it packed Tom down packed down tiny, so it would go inside our suitcase because yeah. it was so oh, small. Oh wow, that yeah, sounds like a helpful for me to not know the the brand. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. Have you ever used a running pram? Well, (laughs) I know what this answer is. Brands you like, don't like, are they worth it? Hoping to get back into some exercise and wondering if this is the way to go with young kids at home still. Running prams, you know what? I personally cannot say that I've well, gone running with a pram. Well, I can't imagine a twin running pram anyway, right? <laughs> You'd be running with a bus. <laughs> Darl, I couldn't run out of sight in a dark night with or without a pram. <laughs> but I know some friends that do and mm. I've seen, is it mountain buggy? Yes. Yeah, they have like a proper running pram. It looks, wow. I think, isn't it like triangular? Like it's got one front oh, wheel. Oh, yeah, it yes. looks like a little go-kart look, thing. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I'm probably not the person to give advice on this, but I'm sure there's communities out there yeah. that can really have a rating and review on all the running prams. Look, mine was four years ago, but we had the Bugaboo Fox as our main big pram and I certainly didn't run, but I did like <laughs> the park on like terrain. A leisurely stroll. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I definitely did walking and up and down hills and, you know, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And it was really great. And, you know, not a lot of people can afford two prams. We had the Bugaboo for at home and then travel we had the yo-yo. But check out Facebook Marketplace, particularly if it's not going to be something that you use all the time or you do need a secondary one, is people use them for such a short period That's of time. Right. Yeah, well, your kids are only in them for a little while as well. And also I would assume that maybe it all comes down to the wheels because I know even yes. with a few different prams I had double singles, all that kind of stuff. But, like, it really does make a difference yeah. on the, the terrain space on the wheels. Look at us, we're pram experts. What books are your kids loving at the moment? Remember we had that beautiful Blake Nuto on the yes. show that when you're a boy, Alexander loves that. Yes, it's a beautiful one. It's a beautiful one to look at and read. Yep. And it's not too uh, My Shadow's Purple yes. by Scott Payton. Uh, Very pa- similar themes. Yes. Yeah. He's going back to books he used to love when he was a baby, Benny Bintruck. He is obsessed with Benny Bintruck. Last month it was book week. Mm. And I must say I loved seeing what everyone's favourite books are. You know, you really get insight into what kids are learning at home and reading at home. But I must say my kids since starting school love like they have library day where every week they get to pick a new book and read it. And and it's so interesting because it's so diverse. You know, one week they'll pick up something that might relate to, you know, something we did in that week. And yeah, it changes. My girls change from week to week. That's good. They're reading a lot. I have stopped reading Hungry Caterpillar because we read it before bed and then Alexander won't go to sleep. He's like, I need an apple. I need a watermelon. I need it. It just gives him ammo. I'm like, you're stalling. (laughs) You do not, your little caterpillar. I'm returning to work in a couple of months and trying to come up with ways to minimise cooking time. Do you have any tips? Yes, make your partner do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? I discovered this a while back and I'm pretty sure I spoke to it on here because the lovely league kindly gifted me an air fryer and it changed my life. Yeah. So an air fryer is a great one. Mm. I know I fully jumped on the 
I have, I'm still not on that train yet. We do a lot of frozen meals. So like the local deli does a really beautiful lasagna. We get dinner ladies sometimes. I probably cook like quote unquote from scratch twice a week. And also my son's daycare does the most delightful healthy meals. So sometimes it's Vegemite on toast or porridge and ain't no shame in it. And also there are so many little cookbooks and Instagram pages Mm. of like really easy one-pot meals. You know, it might be a one-pot lasagna or a one-pot quick chicken meal or something like that. So find them out on Instagram because it's definitely worth it. I know I follow one called the Codoni Kitchen Mm. and she has amazing quick one-tray dinners. Oh, yeah. Like and if I can do it, anyone can do it because Lord knows. Actually, that reminded me, a nutritionist I follow on Instagram, she posted like two years ago, this really easy fried rice that I still make all the time for Mm. all of us. And she recently reposted it. So we'll pop a link in the show notes. But yeah, I'm fast. Anything that's kind of can be put together from like cans and stuff. And that's already like you can semi-made. Like even at Woolworths, you can get the cook range, which is like already pre-marinated. Like all you got to do is whack it in the oven for 20 minutes. Yeah. My last suggestion with that is overcook and then do leftovers. Yeah, leftovers. Yeah, That's a we good really idea. underestimate. Like I when I make want... chicken schnitzel, I make so much because I... and then two nights later I'll be like, oh, look, guys, I just made this fresh chicken I never schnitzel. feel like it again. I eat it begrudgingly, but my brain already knows it's waiting, <laughs> so it's not exciting. <laughs> you even just said that about your lunch that you brought a lasagna, I know, but I now bought you want lasagna, a sandwich. But I don't want it, but I'm going to eat it because cost of living. <laughs> Would love to get advice on post-baby identity crisis. I'm about to return to work and feeling a lot of imposter syndrome. Like my previous job has outgrown me and I may need a career change. Did you or any of your friends have a big change in career or role after having kids? Any advice? Mm, I didn't have a career change, but I definitely had a role change. Look, I definitely went through an identity crisis in maternity leave. I could not wait to get back to work. And maybe I'm ashamed to admit it or I shouldn't be is that I love working. It's when I'm happiest. I love being a mother, but I love working. But I definitely had a role change because I was full time prior to that and in charge of a lot of people, a lot of direct reports. And I just didn't enjoy the management side. It wasn't creative. And a lot of what I do is creative. So I sat down with Mamma Mia here and said, hey, can I please come back three days a week? And it's a waste of my skills having people reporting to me because I'm not good at it and I can't do my other work. So I just sat down with my employer and said, what value do I add in these three days? And it was a really good conversation because instead of having to change companies, we just tweaked my role. I didn't have imposter syndrome, but I guess I stayed in the same thing. But if you're not feeling it, if maybe the way you've become a parent now and you want to do something different, I would say maybe just go back to your old job, give it a couple of months because everything is different. Don't rush into it. But I also think that part of the imposter syndrome is motherhood. It's not necessarily Mm. your career or your job. So Mm. if anything, I feel like part of going back to work will help with that identity crisis because I feel like a lot of women will relate when having babies and, you know, you're sitting at home with a baby that doesn't talk back for six months mm-hmm. and you're going, what is my life? Like mm-hmm. you might have gone from a teaching job where you're with kids and you're interacting with humans all day mm-hmm. or you might have gone from a, a busy corporate job where you're creative or designing or dealing with big matters and and now you're literally like I'm feeding this blob and, like, <laughs> you know, what am I? Mm-hmm. That's sometimes the identity crisis, not your yes. career. And I feel like 
women kind of lose their confidence and, mm. and sense of self because of this huge change in their life. And mm. I know for me, like you, I wanted to get back to work. Like I couldn't wait to have a baby to get out of work. And then as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, my God, I'll, <laughs> I'll pay you to let me come and work. Yes. And it was that that actually found my purpose. Mm. You know, it was, well, helped me find my purpose again. And a bit after. of balance, right? That's right. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily my role within the job that I needed to change. It was my role in my life because I'm like, I'm putting so much energy into this thing that doesn't give much back, which, yeah. well, I think, of course, motherhood gives you lots of joy. But in terms of like fulfillment of your day, like mm. you don't feel like you're being very productive or you're not getting tasks done when you're used to doing that in your career. Mm. I think go back into work, find your confidence again. And if then the role is not right, mm. look into maybe changing yeah. roles or careers. I've had a lot of friends who've had massive career changes from like, yeah. Lawyers to yoga teachers and, you know, vice yeah, versa. So exactly. it's, it can happen and it does happen, but I would and just say the, on, don't rush it. Yeah, and on the other hand, I've also had a lot of friends who are like, no, motherhood is for me. Mm. Like I don't want to go back to work. I want to mm. be a stay-at-home mom and, you know, that's just as identity crisising as anything else because sometimes you go into having kids thinking, oh, after six months, you know, mm. I'll pop them into daycare and head back to work and that's not for them anymore either. So yes. it goes both ways. But don't let the imposter syndrome get you. You're killing it. Yeah, you're keeping that baby alive, girlfriend. You are a boss. And on that note, we are done. Thank you for listening to this glorious mess. You can get in touch with us. Our email address is tgmmamamia.com.au or come and join our parenting group on Facebook. It's called Mamma Mia Family. This episode was produced by Grace Rouvray with audio production by Scott Stronick. See you next time. Bye-bye.